The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Hallelujah. Welcome your neighbor to your left, to your right. You can be seated in God's presence. Praise the Lord. We've come to the end of this seven-day journey. I hope and I trust that you have um, participated on one level or the other with us. Um, I can only speak for myself personally. I know I'm not the same person I was this time last Sunday. And I give God the praise. Um, and like I said in the prayer, on this final session, for every one of us, that which we need to come to the place where we need to be so that we can experience the fullness of what God has for us for this second half. May those things be delivered to you in this service in the name of Jesus. Delivery is a two-way street. All the supply in the world will not help anybody that is not willing to receive. So like we've been saying all week long, be willing to receive. God is never your problem. Men may be your problem. Your situation and your circumstances may be your problem. You yourself may be your problem. But it is never God. So every time you come into the presence of God, every time you come into the house of God, anytime you are dealing with God, whether it's in prayer or it's in the word, be encouraged that the supply part is already done. God will never hold back on you. One of the messages during the week, no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. So you don't have a God problem. Say with me, I don't have a God problem. The mercy of God is new to me every morning. Learn to receive from God. Learn to position yourself to receive from God. That's what the old seven days of glory was all about. We are starting the second half of the year. Anybody that knows anything about God should have understood by now that God is a God of force. You don't put God first, you don't get what God has for you. The earlier you learn that principle and start living by it, the better the quality of life you will live. God must come first. Must come first. You reorganize life. You reorganize time. You reorganize finances. You reorganize needs. You reorganize problems. You reorganize everything so that God will be number one. God can never be number two. Never. He won't take it. He is even too big to fill the number two position. Hallelujah. So that's why we do things like this. This is the first week of the second half. We will do it again at the end of the year. His alpha is omega. And if you can learn to give God that place of alpha and omega, God can help you fill up everything in between. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Just give God what is due to him. And 
in the course of doing all that fasting, praying, giving, the things God told us to do, worshiping, um, we position ourselves, hallelujah, to experience that which God is supplying. So, on this last day, get into it as much as you still need to get into it. Anyone that has been a part of this church for a reasonable period of time, I teach you about the aftermath of major events. So, the week after is also important. The days after today are important. You don't encounter God. Did anybody encounter God this week in a fresh way? You don't encounter God and go back to the way you were before the encounter. That is so stupid. Even Forrest Gump won't make that mistake. You don't. So if you encountered God this week, if you had God this week, if God gave you an instruction this week, after the encounter, that experience, that encounter should now alter the way you live life going forward. That is the only way you're going to see the fullness of what God did for you and to retain what God did for you. Many people sometimes receive something from God and after a while they have lost it. That will never be your story again. The last time that happened to you will be the last time it will happen in your life in the name of Jesus. And it's because they don't practice what I'm just talking about. They don't take the aftermath seriously. Hallelujah. The Bible calls it a dog returning to its vomit. A pig going back into the mud. You know, you take a pig out, you wash the pig, then one hour later, the pig has gone back into the... And he said, believers should not live that way. So, this week, and as we end these days of glory today... By now, you should have decided the changes you are going to bring into your life. Very, very, very important. And per adventure, you are here. You have not encountered God yet. Maybe you missed the meetings. Maybe you traveled. Or maybe you were just not serious in the course of the week. I don't know what the problem may be. You still have another chance. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. You have another chance in this service. Thank God the messages were recorded. You can go back and hear until you hear your own word. Until you feel revived by God again, refreshed by God again. In this world we live in, particularly the kind of nation we live in, it's going to be practically impossible for you not to be worn out by the constant challenges, the constant negativity, so from time to time, we need to be refueled and refreshed. And that's what our times of fastings and prayer are for. In this church, for example, we fast every month end. So this is not the last fast we're going to have this year. We are just seizing the opportunity of the middle of the year to do a longer one. We do three days every month end. And it's still the same principle we are talking about. Glory be to God. Let me quickly get into something I need to pass across to you. So I shared with us on Friday, God has declared certain things that he has made available for us for the second half of the year. Specifically, we mentioned three graces or grants of grace. <clears throat> um, God said he's going to release speed on us. Hallelujah. 
Number two, God will give us promotion. Hallelujah. And number three, God will give us multiplication. You can say it this way, acceleration. Say that with me, acceleration. Elevation and explosion. Praise the Lord. And we also mentioned to us, God gave us a master key for you to encounter this grace. A master key, and that master key is stewardship. Renew your covenant of service or stewardship to God. That was the word, very simple word. Nothing complicated in it. You don't need to add to it. You don't need to subtract from it. You just need to believe it and receive it and respond to it. Renew your covenant of stewardship to God. It's on two levels. If you are currently serving, prayerfully find out how you can do it better and take it to the next level. And if you are currently out of service, it's one of the two. Get back into service. Get back into service. 1 John chapter 4, verse 17. Let's start from there this morning. There's a theme we've been sharing in recent weeks in church, knowing Jesus. Anything God asks us to do or tells us to do, we don't have to do it in our own strength. We don't have to try and do it with our own ability. We can do it by the grace of Jesus. We can look at Jesus and in the light of his countenance, through the favor and the grace he makes available, we can follow his example. So Jesus is our model. And when you begin to talk like Jesus, live like Jesus, act like Jesus, it is a sign that you truly know Jesus. To the degree you are not talking like Jesus, acting like Jesus, living like Jesus, you don't really know him. So Jesus said, in the end times he will come and he will separate the sheep from the goats. And he will tell the sheep, enter into your reward, the joy of the Lord. You will experience rewards this second half in the name of Jesus. Amen. He said, I was in prison, you came to visit me. I was hungry, you fed me. I was naked, you clothed me. They said, Jesus, when did we see you do that? He said, no, you didn't have to see me. You did it to the least of this. You see, you acted like I would. Then he turned to the other people. The Bible called them goats. He said, I was in prison. You did not come to see me. I was hungry. You did not feed me. I was naked. You did not clothe me. They said, ah, Jesus, when did you do that? He said, the time you did not do it to the least of this. You see, they were not acting like Jesus. Very, very, very important. First John 4, 17 says this. This is the, the definition of the believer. The hallmark of the believer. As he is. He there is referring to Jesus. And he's referring to as he is in heaven. So are we in this world. As he is. He, we are to mirror him. We are to follow him. When Jesus came on earth and started his ministry, he found those fishermen and he said, follow me and I will make you disciples of men. Follow me. We are to follow him. 
follow me. And one thing the Bible tells us Jesus is, is that Jesus is a servant. That's where I'm going to. God has spoken his mind concerning us. He has declared his word for us. In the second half of 2018, you will experience speed. You will experience promotion. You will experience multiplication. I will supply grace for you. Hallelujah. It's not what you are going to do. It's what I'm going to do. Really, it's what I've done. I have supplied the grace. You connect to that supply of grace through stewardship. He said those things together. When you read scriptures, you will find two things very, very prominent in scriptures. Number one are the promises of God and the prophecies of God. And side by side them, you will see the instructions of God that will enable you walk in the promises or enjoy the promises. It's like when you buy a car, there will be an instruction manual there. It's not the instruction manual that drives you. It is the car that drives you. It is the grace that will make you what you will become. But if you don't adhere to the instructions, listen to the instructions, comply with the instructions, the grace will be in vain. The car will be in vain. You will not benefit from what you should have benefited from, from receiving that car. Are we together this morning? I have been using this illustration all week. Somebody needed transportation help. Speed. They gave him a car. Beautiful. Grace has been supplied. He now started pouring water inside the tank of the car. That grace is now in vain. And what Apostle Paul said is that the grace of God towards me was not in vain. Grace will not be in vain in your life. This second half in Jesus' name. So listen to the instruction. Praise the Lord. Listen to the instruction. The instruction is serve God. Serve God. Serve God like you have never done before. Serve God. This second half of the year, if you want to be a full partaker of the supply of grace, get into stewardship. Jesus is a servant. Anybody that is not serving God doesn't know Jesus. They may not agree with me. They may not accept it. Their own business. You don't know him. You don't. You think you know him, but you don't. Revelations chapter 14. We've said a few things along these lines already. Number one, we see that Jesus is a reaper of souls. In heaven. As he is in heaven. What is Jesus doing in heaven? Revelations 14, 14. Then I looked... And behold, this is what Jesus is doing this morning now. See, as we are on the earth, he is in heaven. What is Jesus doing now? A white cloud. And on the cloud sat one like the son of man. That phrase is what they used to describe Jesus. Having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him, who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap. For the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud, thrusting his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Amazing. Do you know in my own mind, it would have been enough if all Jesus did was he came to this world, and he died, he sowed himself as the seed, 
And when he now got to heaven, he's now on vacation. I have done my part. I have died for them. I came for them. I died for them. I sold my life for them. Now I have entered my reward and I'm at rest. But that's not the vision of him. Even though he's the seed of the harvest, and even though he was the sower of the harvest, right here and now in heaven, he is also the reaper of the harvest. He is still serving humanity till tomorrow. He is still serving God by serving men till tomorrow. See him, see him, see him, and be like him. We read in Hebrews 12, I'm sorry, Hebrews 7, 25, talking about Jesus as well. Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost. He is the savior and is able to save to the uttermost. There is nobody too far out there that the loving arms of Jesus cannot reach. Hallelujah. There is no problem so grave that the everlasting arms of God cannot pull you out back from. Uttermost. You have not messed up so bad that God's love cannot save you. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. He is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always, King James says he ever, he always lives to make intercession for them. I would have understood it if we saw Jesus on the earth. He was always praying. Many times disciples will rise up and look for him. The Bible have said he will have risen up early in the day, gone up to one mountain to pray. I, I would have understood it if what they told us about him was that while he was on the earth, he prayed and prayed and prayed. He went on a 40-day fast in the wilderness, did not eat or drink. And when he returned, he came and started saving people. And if after he had done all that and died on the cross, even on the cross, he was still praying for them. Father, forgive them, for I know not, for they don't know what they do. So I would have understood if what they said was that after he died, he is now in heaven, he is seated in heaven, and is reaping the reward of all the prayers he has prayed. But that's not what they said. They said even now in heaven, he is still praying for you and for you. And for you, he's still serving you. Jesus is a servant. That's his nature. He can't help it. If you are not a servant, you are not like him. I don't know who you are like, but he's definitely not Jesus. If you are not a servant, you are not like him. If after doing all that, he's still serving, it's because that's who he is. I can't help but be a man. Amen. Revelation 7, let me give you one more here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Verse 16. They shall neither hunger nor thirst. Another vision John saw. He, saw. he said he saw the people that came out of the tribulation. And he said there were thousands upon thousands and thousands of them. And this is what he saw about them. They shall neither hunger nor thirst anymore. Somebody say, I receive that. You know, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What is happening in heaven? They are no longer hungry. They are no longer thirsty. Say with me in the name of Jesus. This next six months, I will neither hunger or thirst. My God shall supply all my need. Hallelujah. The sun shall not smite them, nor any heat. Somebody say, I receive that too. 
But watch where we are going, verse 17. For the Lamb, talking about Jesus, obviously, who is in the midst of the throne, will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. Amazing. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Somebody shout, I received that one too. But can you imagine that? In heaven, he's still shepherding, shepherding people. I know on earth he was a shepherd. In fact, um, um, David got the revelation of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Jesus came, John 10, I am the good shepherd. I laid down my life for the sheep. When he was going, he said, none that you gave me is lost except the, the son of perdition. I know he's a shepherd, and I knew he shepherded on the earth. That he's still shepherding us in heaven. That amazes me. Jesus is a servant. In fact, he told them, don't be looking to be the greatest. He said, the one that will be great among you will be the servant of all. In this, our kingdom, we become great by bearing other people's burdens. Serving other people. That's who we are. And God is telling us, church, the next six months, that is the master key to your speed. That is the master key to your elevation. That is the master key to your multiplication. Hallelujah. Go with me to Philippians chapter 3. Let's read that place again. And take a thing or two from there. As we begin to close this morning, say with me, I see Jesus this morning. I have a clearer picture of Jesus. <clears throat> I know Jesus better this morning. And oh, I want to be like him. I want to be like him. This is what you do to encourage yourself. When, you, when, when those feelings come, you don't want to serve. Just take a look at Jesus again. The brightness of the light or coming from his face will encourage you. It will inspire you. You can't read these scriptures and meditate on them and allow the light on these scriptures to dawn on you and you claim to be a Christian and you won't want to serve. We should check whether you're really born again if you do that. You should check. The, the brightness of his countenance. You see, that, that's why we should see him. And you see him in the world. He is unveiled in the world. Nobody will see Jesus physically now on this earth. But Jesus and the world are the same. So you, you look into the world. Look, it's normal. It's human to drop the ball. To not want to serve at all or to be serving sluggishly or not doing anything. What you do is you use the brightness of the image of Jesus. Look at your neighbor and tell him, oh, look unto Jesus, look unto Jesus. You look unto him. You see him. And just the brightness of his countenance reflecting on you, it will inspire you. Hallelujah. It will inspire you. Particularly when God tells you, Pastor T, that's the key to your next six months. It will inspire you. Philippians 2 and verse 3, let nothing be done through selfish ambition and conceit. People that don't serve other people are selfish people. Say with me, that will not be me forever. Come on, say it out loud, that will not be me forever. 
They are only concerned about themselves. As if they are the only ones in the world. They are only concerned about their issues. As if they are the only ones that have issues. They are only concerned about their challenges. As if they are the only ones that have challenges. That's not true. We are all in this boat together. Let nothing. Somebody say nothing. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind. Humble yourself. People that don't serve are proud people. They think they are better than everybody else. In lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Verse 4. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest. I know you have bills to pay. Don't look out for your own interest alone. I know you want to get married. Don't look out for your own interest alone. I know you want to get a big house. Don't look out for your own interest alone. I know you want a healing in your body. Don't look out for your own interest alone. But also the interest of others. Somebody else wants to get married, sir. Somebody else wants a bigger house. Somebody else wants to get healed. See, this is the mindset of a servant. And that's where it's going. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. It's the mindset of a servant. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but he made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a born servant, that's where we get the James Bond character. And you can see I'm wearing my Abrahamic Bond costume this morning. <laughs> it's just to paint the image. <laughs> A bond servant. But instead of being on Her Majesty's Secret Service, you're on His Majesty's Secret Service. And that's how the apostles, if you read their, 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 their epistles in the Bible, they always call themselves born servants. We have taken an oath. We have taken a covenant. We have sworn an oath to serve God for the rest of our lives. That's the mind of Christ. Anyone that doesn't think like that, doesn't know Jesus, definitely they are not acting like Jesus. And please remember the two spectrum. On one end is the Christ. On the other end is the Antichrist, and both of them are fighting for your soul. So to the degree you are more and more like Jesus, you are flowing to Christ. To the degree you are less and less like Jesus, you are flowing to the Antichrist. To the degree you are a servant, someone that has a mind that just doesn't think about himself alone, but thinks about others, and is humble enough to do things that will benefit not just himself, but others. That is the mind of Christ. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Verse 8. And being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. Some people serve only when it's convenient. When it starts becoming difficult to serve. When it starts requiring a sacrifice, that's where they drop the towel. Say with me, I will never make that mistake again for the rest of my life. They told us that Jesus served to the point of death. 
and not just any death, even the death of the cross. In those days, it was the most shameful kind of death. It was the most horrific kind of death. In other words, his service, his stewardship was a sacrificial one. It wasn't a convenient one. Some stewardships are convenient. They make you the president of the Federal Republic of Nigeria. Well, depending on how you look at it, though. Or they make you the director of operation. Depending on how you look at it, though. You're looking at all the benefits that come to you. So it's convenient. This one, he had nothing personally as it were to gain. Praise the Lord. But God will reward. Can I hear a loud amen? Even the death on the cross. And watch what happened to him. Verse 9. Therefore God has highly exalted him. Giving him the name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow. Of those in heaven. Of those on earth. Of those under the earth. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. Somebody declared that this morning. Jesus Christ is Lord. Come on, you can do better than that. Declare it loud that Jesus Christ is Lord. If you believe it, shout it loud that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why are you not being like him? He said, don't call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I do. If he's indeed your Lord, you should aim to emulate him. And if he's a servant, you also should be a servant. That's what he's teaching us here. That's what this whole epistle is about. Have the mind of your master. Have the heart of your Lord. See him. Know him. And be like him. So when they say everybody will shout Jesus is Lord, they are saying everybody is going to line up after Jesus. Eventually, everybody is going to be like him. You won't enter heaven or you won't be able to live in heaven if you are not like him. There's another place for such people. They call it hell. You're not going to end up there in Jesus' name. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it's service that will take you to heaven. No, no, that's not my point. My point is everybody in heaven is a servant like Jesus. Everybody in heaven. It's on the earth that people can be practicing rascality. Everybody in heaven is a servant like Jesus. And those of us on the earth should learn to be like him. Are you still here? Praise the Lord. Lift those hands where you are. Now that God has told us this is the key for your speed. This is the key for your promotion. This is the key for your multiplication. Receive grace to serve like never before. Open your mouth and pray. Open your mouth and pray. See Jesus. See Jesus. You don't have to struggle to serve. Just follow the example of Jesus. Lift your hands and receive grace. Grace to serve. Grace to serve. Grace not to be selfish. Grace not just to be thinking about me, myself and I, my wife, my children, my career, my business. Just everything is me, 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 me. Receive grace not to be like that. Grace to be able to consider other people. To serve other people. To be like him. Come on, 30 more seconds. Receive it, receive it, receive it. Grace to be like him. Grace to be like him. It will help you tremendously this second half of the year. 
It will bring speed into your life. It will bring promotion into your life. It will bring explosive blessings into your life. Receive that grace. It's not going to be forced on you. Ask for it. Believe God for it. And take it. Take it. Oh, to be like Jesus. Ah, who is Jesus? He's a servant. I receive grace to serve like him. In the name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Someone that is excited about that, shout hallelujah. hallelujah. We are setting you up for the most explosive six months of your life. We are setting you up for the best six months of your life. We are setting you up for a six months of total restoration. We are setting you for a six months of elevation. We are setting you up for the best days of your life to date. And we are handing you the key. Handing you the key. It's not rocket science. Praise the Lord. It is not rocket science. It is just following Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me show you or remind you of benefits of serving again. And like I said on Friday, when God gave this word, he told me, many of you are already serving. So that's not, this word is not, uh, none of them is serving. If nobody was serving, we wouldn't have been able to add the week we had last week. And I prophesy over everyone that made a sacrifice, that sweated, that contributed one way or the other towards the success of these seven days of glory. Whether you are in the music department or you are in the um, video department, wherever you serve God, or whether you are, you are one of the pastors that mobilizes people, I decree you shall not lose your reward. In the name of Jesus, this second half of the year, I decree the Lord your God will amaze you. Oh yeah, God doesn't use people. He is not, you see, the Bible, there's a principle in scriptures. God's position is God's disposition. And God's position is clearly stated in the word. In the book of James, God was rebuking landowners, masters, that kept back the wages of the people that labored in their farm. Said the Lord of Sabbath rebuke you against you. So God cannot be rebuking people that work I mean, masters that their employees work for them and don't pay them. And God, people will be serving God and God will not reward them. It can't happen. Hallelujah. So everybody under the sound of my voice, be rest assured, as sure as you are serving God, you shall be rewarded in Jesus' name. Amen. The laborer is worthy of his hire. God is not a user of men. God is not an oppressor. Praise the Lord. Look at what he did for Jesus. Gave him the name above every other name. Promoted him to the highest office in the entire universe. God will promote you this season. Amen. The key is stewardship. God said many of you are already serving. This is for you to renew your covenant of stewardship. Do it better. He has given us some amazing goals. I'm having a meeting with the leaders in church. The leadership that drives this church forward after service. Giving us some things. That's all we need to do. And if you are not serving, please wake up. Tap your neighbor to your left and to your right. Say, wake up, wake up, wake up. Please pray for that neighbor. You will not miss out on what God is doing in this church.
Deuteronomy 28, 47 encourages us to serve God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Deuteronomy 28, 47. Serve God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. I decree the abundance of everything shall be reflected in your life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Exodus 23, 25 and 26. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and your water. And I, God, will take sickness from the midst of you. I prophesy over every servant. You will never be sick another day in your life. Yeah. Oh, you didn't catch what I'm saying. I declare over you by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed. Yeah. Sickness will be far from you. Yeah. I said sickness is far from you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in your land. You will not be barren. You will not be fruitful. You will not suffer miscarriage. I will fulfill the length of your days. You will not die before your time. You will live well. You will live long. How can you have all these kind of promises and you are not serving God? A devil is at work somewhere. Or somebody is ignorant. And that is a devil at work somewhere as well. Job 36, 11. If they obey and serve him. So it's also an obedience issue. People that don't serve are rascals. Did I say that with a straight face enough? Or does somebody need a straighter face? Praise the Lord. People that don't serve God are disobedient children. Synonym for rascal. Those of us parents here, you know what we do to disobedient children? Hello? In my house, we ground them. If they have still not repented, we cane them. We, we, we do something. We withhold the benefit they should enjoy. If they obey, watch this. If they obey and serve him, they will spend their days in prosperity. I speak over your life as your pastor. This second half of 2018, these next six months, they are days of prosperity for you in the name of Jesus. Days of prosperity. Poverty will be far from you. Lack will be far from you. Days of prosperity. And there are years in pleasure. You will experience the pleasures of God this season. In the name of Jesus. If they obey. So the promise is there. The grace is there. Prosperity, pleasure. The key is there. Stewardship. In obedience. There's a flip side. Verse 12. If they do not obey... If they choose rascality, they will perish by the sword. You will not perish in Jesus' name. Amen. And they shall die without knowledge. You will not die without knowledge in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is actually not a take it or leave it deal. There are consequences and there are benefits. There are consequences. And I'm talking adverse consequences. Psalm 101 verse 6, I'm beginning to close. I'm just trying to give you encouragement. So you, you take these promises, let them encourage you, then you look into Jesus. 
This is one of the things we learned this week. You take the word of God, you return it to God in prayer. You return it to God in prayer. You meditate on it. You confess it. This is what Pastor Paul was teaching us on Monday. How to go from hope to manifestation. You take God. You said I should serve you. And you take these promises. You return to God in prayer. Then God will start giving you specific instructions. Ah, you be a pastor. No, you go and work in a technical team. You do a businessman. Your job is to bring him money into the church. You, I want you to do prison ministry. God will speak to you. You, I want you to lead worship. You, you, you're an evangelist. You only need to be making sure church is filled every Sunday. You, you take these promises. You return them to him in prayer. And then God will give you your assignment. Not that you go living your life as if you don't know you're supposed to serve God. Or you are serving God, but you are just doing it anyhow. And the thing God has promised is not showing in your life. That will not be your story in Jesus' name. My eyes, Psalm 101 verse 6, shall be on the faithful in the land. Hallelujah. May God's eyes forever be on you. Oh, praise the Lord. My eyes shall be on the faithful in the land that they may dwell with me. May God dwell with you. And we are talking manifestation here. Manifestly dwell with you all your days in the name of Jesus. He who walks in a perfect way, he shall serve me. So serving God is the way to perfection. Serving God is the way to from glory to glory. To change level. If, if you serve, you are walking in perfection. And God's eyes will always be on you. Hallelujah. And God's dwelling will always be with you. That shall be your testimony this season in Jesus' name. Too many wonderful things are tied to our stewardship. I think many Christians take it too lightly. Malachi 13, Malachi 3, 17 and 18. I hope somebody is taking down these scriptures. They shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. On the day that I will make up my jewels. May God decorate your life this season. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. I will spare them as a man. There's a special treatment for the sons that serve him. Then you shall again discern between the righteous and the wicked. Between the one that serves God and the one that does not serve him. Oh, hallelujah. Now, it gets deeper here. It's now a question of righteousness and wickedness. Can you see that? Talk to me, church. It's now a question of righteousness and wickedness. Wickedness means twisted. The ones that are not serving God is saying that they are twisted. The ones that are serving God is saying that they are right. Lift your hands and shout out, Lord, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I didn't hear you say it again. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Say this, I am not the wickedness of Satan. I am the righteousness of God. Prove it with your stewardship. Prove it with your stewardship. Hallelujah. Last scripture, rise on your feet. Back to Philippians chapter 2. So he told us, be like Christ. And he said, Christ was a servant. Rise on your feet, except those of you that are nursing babies. Rise on your feet. Or you can't carry them and nurse. Rise on your feet. Hallelujah. 
Let this mind be in you. God told us. You see, there are, there, are, there are general words that God speaks over a house. There are specific words. So you need to take this now and get your own specific word. You, you are to pastor the church. And even in that one, there will still be more specific words. This is how you should pastor the church. But the word over the house is serve. Serve. There is grace for your elevation. Acceleration. There is grace for your elevation. There is grace for your explosion or multiplication. Serve me. Serve me. Serve me. God is not speaking Greek. Serve me. That's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus does. That's who Jesus is. Look at him. Look at him. Keep your eyes on him. Don't keep your eyes on your problem. That's how people stop serving. Don't keep your eyes on the difficulty in your nation. That's how people stop serving. Don't keep your eye on the challenges they're facing. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hello, somebody. And when you look at Jesus, you see that Jesus is a servant. And as you serve him, all these things will begin to manifest in your life. So he told us in Philippians 2, all the way to verse 11, that Jesus is a servant. Look at what he now said in verse 12. Therefore, so what I'm saying here is connected to what I've been saying from verse 3 that I read to you. Therefore, my beloved, we tell these things to people we love. It's a love message. People you don't love, you just leave them. Let them just carry his wahala and go. You tell these kind of things to people you love. This next six months, serve God with your life, with your time, with your abilities, with your skills. Don't just be using all these things for men or natural things. Things that have no eternal consequence. Or for yourself. Is somebody that hates you that will not tell you the truth. Somebody that hates you that will not tell you the truth. See you are going on a wrong road. You are about to fall off the cliff. They won't tell you anything. My beloved. My beloved. My beloved. As you have always obeyed, you are not rascal children. Not in my presence, but even much more when I'm absent. Walk out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who walks in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. So serving God is working out our salvation. Serving God is how we take the promises and make them manifestation. And it's not by our efforts. God works in us. Hallelujah. Both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Hallelujah. Working out your salvation. May you never be the believer that the promises of God remain inside their Bible. Ah, some of you didn't hear what I said. I will pray it again. May you never be the child of God that his inheritance and his promises only remain inside his Bible. May you never be the believer that his promises only remain in his pastor's preaching. You know some people, it's just the pastor just preaches the message to them. It's not in their life. May you never be that kind of believer. Walk out your salvation. After 
it has been shown to you, after it has been preached to you, after it has been declared over you, after it has been prayed for you, take the necessary steps to make them a reality in your life. May we see the rewards of your stewardship in your bank account. May we see the rewards of your stewardship in your health. May we see the rewards of your stewardship in the fruit of your womb. May we see the rewards of your stewardship in your career, in your business, in your ministry. Work out your salvation. Work out your salvation. A time comes we are going to stop spoon feeding you. Work out your salvation. You are saved. Enjoy it. And the master key God has given us in this house for the next six months is the worship. I got a forte this morning. Oh, let me quickly close. Because we need more people. The laborers are few. But I was just watching some of the service groups when I came in this morning. And a lot of people I saw were new faces. That was a confirmation for me that the message God had given me. This is not the guy that I normally see. This is the guy that I normally see. New faces. Serve God. After a while of joining a church. You see, coming to church in itself is serving God. That's why we call the church service. So that you are here like this. This is service already. But this is just the beginning. Praise the Lord. Look at the peak of service. Jesus died for humanity. So after a while of just coming to church, take up a responsibility in the house. After a while, grow to be a leader. You just keep growing and growing and growing and growing. Praise the Lord. And God will keep promoting and promoting and promoting you. Did you hear the word of the Lord today? Are you going to do something about it? Are you sure? Lift your hands and talk to God about it for a minute. Pastors, please come in on table. The preceding message was brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-00640.